The following podcast has been recorded live for your audio pleasure. It is rated M for Mexican. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mexi Mind Matters with your host, the Mexican, as always. The main Mexican guy, the man with the million dollar plan. It is Thursday, May 17th. And We have an interesting podcast, I would say. Um, first, I would like to announce that for some reason, should we call it listenership? I like to call it viewership, but it's more like listens have gone slightly down um, in April, and so far, beginning of May. Many factors could contribute to that. Last year, April was a very good month. This year, not so much. I guess the uh, added, you know, turmoil may have caused some of that. Or maybe, you know, just people like, you know, were anxious for spring and have not been really paying attention. Again, I'm going off of my SoundCloud numbers, not iTunes, because, of course, iTunes doesn't really tell me. I still don't know why. Why does Apple not tell you? It should tell you. But, anyways, we have many things to discuss, and this first half, we'll talk about things that just baffle me, how entities or certain types of people do things differently, behave hypocritically at times, or just, you know, concentrate on things that they need not to, as opposed to just focusing on what they're supposed to be doing. And I'm going to start off with this story. My parents just finally left for France, so... um. And I still have some stuff at their house. So I still have to go get it. My mom left in charge the cleaning lady to clean once I move out all my stuff. So she was going to go clean and let me know when she did so so I can move some stuff around. Well, this week the cleaning lady messaged me. Well, tried calling me while I was at work. Obviously, I didn't answer. And she messaged me, hey, you know, it's Letty. I'm going to go clean the the house. And I'm like, okay, great. First off, why are you texting me in English? I, you obviously have met me and I speak Spanish. So I'm like, no, 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 that's fine. I just, you know, mom said you were going to go 
clean after I move stuff out. I haven't moved anything yet. So I just want to make sure nothing gets taken or anything. She goes, well, I'm not going to take anything. What are you insinuating? Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just generally speaking. I didn't insinuate anything. Just I haven't moved anything. So you can clean. Because the stuff in the bedroom, you know, whatever. But in the basement, I don't know what you intend to clean if there's stuff laying around there that I have not taken home. And if it's going to rain this week, this weekend, I may not take everything. Oh, okay, well, how about we just meet to oversee things, blah, 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 and just let me know. Great. So now I got to go on Saturday morning and the crack of dawn to tell this bitch that, hey, don't move this, clean here. I mean, I really don't understand the, the, how hard it is, how hard it, hard it is to clean, move stuff, and then put it back. Like, Mexican clean involves, and for, some, for those of you who don't know what Mexican clean is, we clean everything. And we move stuff to clean the dust, underneath stuff, you know, whatever. So, I expect... And I've always expected, and there's two things that have driven me nuts over the years when it comes to my family. When you move something, put it back, or tell me where it is. So it's option one, move it, tell me where it is. Option two, move it, do whatever you were doing, and then put it back. It's very simple. And... Nobody's capable of doing that in my family. It's like, it's ridiculous. My mom and dad constantly move my shit and don't tell me where it is or don't put it back. Like, I'm the same way with my office. I hate when somebody takes something off my desk and doesn't put it back where it was. I can tell just by the fact that I left this this way. Now it's crooked to the other way. Somebody was sitting in my chair. Somebody was in my office. So, cleaning lady, if you can move something and not put and put it back where it was, then I'm okay. I don't care. I don't need to go move out now. It's gonna rain, and I'm probably gonna need to get a U-Haul. I ain't got time for this shit. Okay. And and then she goes, oh well, your mom tasked me with getting the mail every eight days. First off, I know, I know full well you don't mean. Grabbing my mail Out of my mailbox So we're going to have to talk about that If it's my mail, leave it there I can go get my own mail Every 8 days, go get the mail Get the fuck out of here So, yeah, it's called forwarding address Which I might do Just to take care of that nonsense So, um Anywho Another thing that happened with um, stuff that people should be not worrying themselves about and focusing on other things, the BMV sent me a letter um, saying that as of April 19th, 2019, they were going to suspend my license because Progressive, my old insurance, was uh, telling them that they no longer insured me. So I therefore could not drive. Uh, okay, number one, why doesn't the BMV do this for everyone? Like, why are you focusing on me, the Mexican, the person who knows 
what the fuck I'm doing. I'm not a moron. I'm not one of these idiots who constantly drives, gets in accidents, and complains that they don't have a rental. Well, yeah, you don't have insurance that you were driving without a license. Or one of these morons that pays their insurance for one month just to get the card and then drives without insurance. But yet, when they get in an accident, complain because they don't have any UM coverage. No. I, obviously, because I voted for Ramo and my agent got me a better deal, switched to American National. As I've been telling people time after time on the podcast, and I will tell you one more time, switch to American National, use the promo code Nexi, bam, get discounts, get lower rates. That simple. Call Ramo. 614-595. You know, you know the number. 5934. Just give them a call. Email them. I don't fucking care. But use the promo code to save discount. Okay? It works. So, I get this letter. Letter says you have 15 days from the day of the letter to respond. Letter received May 9th. I immediately call Raymond. I'm like, look, aren't you guys supposed to do this when you first sign me up? Yeah, um, it automatically goes, but sometimes they forget. I'll take care of it, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, let me know as soon as you did it. All right, you took care of it. Yep. So, I could drive? Well, yeah. Technically, they tell you 7 to 10 days. So, if an asshole cop pulls you over, you have proof of insurance. They should be able to look that up. No big deal. You're fine. Great. Thank you, Remo. Again, vote for Remo. Promo code Mexi. Give him a call. Now, um, yeah, I find it how interesting is it is that they send you a letter... Mind you, if they were notified on April 19th and the letter was sent May 9th, that's three weeks after the fact. Get the fuck out of here. Do your job faster, please, BMV. Okay? Number two, why are you sending that to me? You really think that I would stop having Progressive and not get my own insurance? What if I just wanted to have a driver's license but not actually drive? Oh, your driving privileges will be suspended. Get the fuck out of here. What if I just wanted to not drive and have a driver's license? Fucking assholes. It's always... See, that's the thing. The BMV and the court system like to focus on honorable taxpaying citizens like myself when they should be focusing on the little idiots that try to cheat the system. They should have, oh, you need proof of insurance and you need to maintain it in order to get a license. If not, BMV should automatically be notified when you don't pay your next premium, bam, canceled. No more, you can't drive anymore. How, how the fuck am I notified that Progressive no longer was insuring me? Insurance companies should tell people Oh, this person so-and-so has not paid their premium. They're not insured anymore. Send them, send the, send those fuckers a letter. Don't send me a letter. I have the holy shit package, motherfucker. I dare you to pull me over and, and question my driving. But yeah. So, BME, I don't even know why the BME exists. Because the courts 
don't tell the BMV. The BMV doesn't tell the courts. Communication there is terrible. Why? Why is this? Why? Why am I paying taxes for this nonsense? Anyways, moving on to other things that people do that don't do. So I had a I had a a lunch with uh, my my old attorney. Well, not lunch, but dinner, more of a dinner, early early dinner. My old attorney, Jim, and um, he was like, "Hey, remember this guy and that guy?" And I'm like, "Yep, yep." Uh, where's this guy's lost wages? Well, he never turned them in. The fact that I can tell you exactly where stuff something is on a file that is no longer mine and it hasn't been mine for over two months is sad. And I'm like, please tell me this guy. Like he was looking for uh, this dude's lost wages. And I'm like, please tell me this guy is submitted. Like it's over. The demand's over to the adjuster. He goes, no. I'm like, when I left on March 16th, he was missing one bill in his lost wages. Once I got the bill that was on its way, we could send the man over and supplement the lost wages. You're telling me that two months have gone by and he has not been submitted? No. And he was also telling me my, the 411 on everybody at, at my old job. How they're expanding the Cleveland, blah, blah, blah. And how there's a new attorney. They took away 300 of his cases. I'm like, oh, I would have been pissed. Because if I have more done treatings and you guys took them away, yeah, no, I would be furious. On top of that, guess what? Um, his new A has not hit goal. Kmart has not hit goal. Uh, and Candace, who used to be the front desk girl, who now is, I guess, still afloat somewhere, um, is also not hitting goal. I'm like, see, that's what I'm talking about. Don't brag that you're going to get the best training, that you're going to be very good at what you do, when literally you're not even capable of hitting a goal. And I, and because of my new firm, I've realized that it is a lot easier to hit the numbers over there than it is here. Because over there, you don't have to worry about everything. you imagine having to do everything from beginning to end? Yeah, no. There will not be you no know, 80, 87 Sami Shones. Shit, I have 30 in April, and I thought that was a low number. Why? Because, well, my caseload was low, and I was like, well, I had to handle everything from beginning to end. So I'm like, well, Jim, it's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand how they reward people for not doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's insane. It's like, how can that possibly work how could you possibly have all these places where well not all these well yeah all these offices within the same firm that the paralegals don't know what the fuck they're doing and then you, you you're telling me 300 of your cases went to cleveland you really think the cleveland attorney's gonna know about the columbus providers no i would be pissed if i was a client and my case for 2016 has been passed along like a hot potato not saying we don't do that here at my current job but we stay within Columbus. At least we try to. We don't have any foreign cases. From up by Cleveland to Toledo. Fuck that. We ain't got time for that bullshit. Which is what I love about what I do. But, again, don't get cocky 
unless you 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 have the tools to back it up. That's why everybody it, it drives me nuts when people say, "Oh, makes you so arrogant." Yeah, but it's confidence too. If I tell you I'm going to do something, I do it. Oh, I'm going to hit 87 submissions. Yeah, bam, 87 submissions. I come into my new firm. In one month, top submission guy. By like eight. That's hard to do. That's insane. And a coworker goes like, well, you just get handed all these cases. Um, They weren't ready to go. Otherwise, you would have had a submission. Not me. I had to get them ready. Some of them had nothing done on them. I had to do it from scratch. And while I was there, I was still getting my Spanish cases. So the guess what? The five pack I got on April 5th, guess guess who I just submitted yesterday? Yeah. So, so far for the month of May. So my basically in April, I had 30. So I said to myself, you know what? In May, I'm going to go better and above and beyond. And, and my goal in May is to do more than what I had in April. So far, as of today, as of the day of this podcast, I have 20 motherfucking five. And there's still 14 days left in the month, and I need six to do better than April. And that's insane. My office manager was saying, well, in not even a month and a half, you have more submissions than basically half the staff that they that, that have year to date. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's not my first rodeo. Which, they constantly tell me, well, it's because we have cases from beginning to end, blah, 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 it's, we have too much to do, Mike makes us do all these other stuff, and I'm like, okay, I, I, I get that, but um, I've been handling these cases from beginning to end, and you nobody had more than 150, which is already lower than what I had before, and mind you, on my old firm, we, were, we had them from beginning to till you send the demand, which is kind of what we do here. Once the offer's there, they go to the negotiator at the new firm. So as long as you do everything right, you really are just you have them up until the demand's ready and the offer's there. So okay, 100. Nobody has a hundred more than 150, and I get that we have two paralegals that like to go out and sign up new people, new clients. Okay, they're not at the office. But if that's the case, and you know you have 100 plus cases, you should have the urge to work over or come in early to take care of your clients. Not, oh, okay, it's time to leave. I, I'm, I'm leaving. And not and just have files sit there. No. It's the drive. I don't have that many files, and I stay late all the time. We're not as late as I used to at my old firm, but I stay late to do stuff. That needs to be done. And that's how I have submissions. That's why I have demands ready to go. And everybody else is telling me, well, yeah, we, we have uh, so many cases and we can't touch all of them. Okay, well, even if you're getting new cases, you just need to open up, get them ready, know what they're treating, send the LOPs to the, the chiropractors, send the letter of representation, and, and then wait for them to be done treating. Answer the phone here and there. I don't understand why you're taking forever. Like, 
not touching a file for six months is unacceptable. Missing a social security number on a file that is something you're supposed to get when you sign them up. Eight months and you haven't done that? that, that that's insane. Haven't you opened up the file? No. That, that, that's un- inexcusable. I don't understand why people don't do what they're supposed to do or say they're going to do something when they, they don't. Speaking of which, and I'm going to end the first half with, with this last story. The, uh, the missus is trying to get a new job at a different logistics place. And she has a, a phone interview tomorrow. So, phone interviews, I've done a few. They're about 30 minutes. But I always make them last longer. Because here's the thing. The questions, and you can go to the Harvard website and they give you like a list of the most common job interview questions and you can so you can study but i've never i mean i've never felt the need to do that um tara has it on on her computer and she was studying it up i'm like these and she's reading the questions and i i'm like oh i this is my answer this is my answer this is my other answer this i tell this story how do you know what to say i'm like and that's and that's the thing the hindrance with with certain people i have a very good memory so, and I've done so many jobs and remember so many stories and I'm a good storyteller. A job interview, even if they throw you a question that you didn't know, as long as you think, okay, uh, can I tie, I have this story, I have that story, can I tie this to that? Uh, give me a few seconds. Okay, yeah, bam, done. Story time. And as long as the story makes you look good, you're, you're cold. I've never not gotten a job that I've interviewed for. Never. So I was coaching her and she was like, well, what if I say this and what if I say that? I'm like, well, those are lies. Well, yeah, you know, it's a job interview. And I'm like, oh, I've, I've teased her about this before. It's like, okay, you cannot tell me. And this is what I, what I mean by doing something or focusing on something that you shouldn't or claiming you worry about this, but then you do the opposite. Um... If you are constantly telling me that integrity, because oh, that was one of the questions, like def- define yourself in three words: dependable, honest, loyal. And her backup word is integrity. Okay, well, if integrity is in your core, at your core, then lying should never be an option. Yet. Constantly, I, I notice that there's these asterisks. You can lie as long as it's in certain scenarios. I myself, I've mentioned it multiple times, I like to tell the truth. I speak my mind. I will tell you always how it is. I lie, yes, but it's white lies, and it's usually either to make me look good, to exaggerate a story, or to appease somebody that I don't care about. Like a client, a customer, whatever, at a, a job, at a job. Because I will tell you this: I, I, I've grilled Tara. I'm like, have you never lied to a customer? Well, no, I have. I'm like, exactly. Have you ever lied to a client? Uh, well, exactly, you have. Have you lied on a job application? Well, well, exactly. Have you lied lied at a job interview? Like, yeah, exactly. Nobody here can tell me they've never fucking lied because everybody fucking lies. Kind of like, oh, I forgot to mention about uh, my old firm. 
uh, the other front desk girl, Alicia, who finally passed the bar. Congratulations after five five fucking tries. Um, when I was there, told me, swore up and down she would never do personal injury because we joked about her getting hired by my old, my old firm. And she goes, no, because they had an opening at attorney. I'm like, no, 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 I would never do personal injury now. No, no, and definitely not work for this company. Here we are. I left two months later. Guess who has a job as an attorney up at the old firm to replace my old uh, uh, Spanish attorney. Well, my old attorney who did our Spanish cases, El Gato. That's how I used to nickname him. Yeah. So, again, everybody lies. And just to prove this other fact, everybody's got a price. Don't say never if you work in an environment where never say never applies. Everybody's got a price. I'm sure they offered you a decent money to be the attorney since you finally passed the bar. They are having trouble with their lawsuits finding people who want to work there. And you were already working there? Yeah. Um, But also... I hope you know what you're doing because you better be looking for something else like other attorney, new attorneys that got to the old, to the other firm that I used to work for because you don't pick your paralegals. And that's the thing I, I, I think I would hate in that, in the, at that firm is like, I would like to pick who my paralegal is. I don't want just any fucking tool who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. And her being the new attorney, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're going to get people who are not going to be very good at doing what you're supposed to be doing. And you're going to have to settle cases. Yeah, you're too nice for that. Again, see, that's the thing. People, everybody lies. Everybody's got a price. I tell Tara this. I tell everybody this. It's just the way it is. The sooner you accept that things are like that, the sooner, the easier it will be. I always go into a scenario thinking, this guy's an idiot, unless he, until he proves me otherwise. Well, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about until he proves me otherwise. At work, like technically, in a job interview, I never use this as, well, because, you know, they have that question, what is your weakness? My actual weakness is, well, there's two. That, that technically are weaknesses. I'm very impatient. And also, the moment I find out that you are useless and too dumb, I cut you out. I'm done talking to you. Which, obviously, I don't say on an interview. I usually go with the, oh, sometimes I tend to not be as patient. But I don't understand why people say that. I'm very patient because blah, blah, blah. But I can always feel like I could grow in that aspect. Yeah, problem solved. Speaking of which, patience, relaxation, key at Hand and Stone Massage and Spa. Give him a call. Use the same promo code as earlier I mentioned for American National. Promo code Mexi. Let them know, hey, Mex is sending me, and it will give you a discount on your Swedish massage. There's other massage, Hot Stone, Hands, Hand and Stone, the name full body, whatever tickles your fancy. 
Maxi goes to the one on perimeter drive in Dublin. You can go to anyone with the promo code. Anyone in Columbus and around the United States of America. Yes, Maxi Worldwide will hook you up. And if you want to take other classes and, you know, are in the area, give Super Studios 253 a call. Schedule some kickboxing classes, hot yoga classes, running classes and tutorials with Coach Super. Give him a call. 253-272-0700. Use the same promo code. Exact same promo code. And bam, you save. You save. I save. I look good. They look good. Come on. Let's all help each other here. Now, let's move on to the second part of the podcast. We were, we're just going to barely touch upon it. And sports related, of course, and the NBA playoffs. Because every time the NBA playoffs come along and the Eastern Conference has its series... Oh, everybody who is from Cleveland or everybody who likes Ohio sports and ESPN included are all licking LeBron's nuts. Oh, he's the greatest of all time. (coughs) Yeah, no. And as always, Megsy has to be here to clarify. As of today, we're in the conference finals you got the Boston Celtics against the Cavs and you got the Golden State Warriors against the Houston Rockets first things first the Cavs as of today game 3 is tonight in Cleveland well guess what the Cavs are 0-2 against Boston right now they lost both games in Boston why? because LeBron is LeBron and LeBron Yeah, oh, he had a triple-double. Oh, he had 40-some points. Great. But what about the rest of his team? Well, they're they're sucking. No. And this is where people who lick his nuts don't get what's going on. It's These people, Kyle Korver, Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, J.R. Smith, they're excellent players. They're excellent helpers. They've proven that time after time. But the way LeBron is operating the offense, it's sucking the life out of the rest of the team. We all always give him credit or that, oh, he makes his teammates better. Well, he's not doing that. And on top of that, last time I checked, in the greatest of all time discussion, we cared about your offensive stats as well as your defensive stats. LeBron will never be, never be better than Kobe and Michael Jordan for the simple fact that he is a worse defender than both of those. Michael Jordan one year led the league in, he had, I think, I think it was 500 steals and a thousand blocks in a year or some crazy stat like that. LeBron has never even come close to doing that. And we're trying to call LeBron the greatest of all time Get the fuck out of here Kobe And Michael 
made all NBA defensive teams while still leading the league in scoring. LeBron wasn't even leading the league in scoring this year, let alone all NBA defensive team. Oh, but he's one of the three candidates for MVP. Why? Yes, I will give him that he's the most valuable player on the Cavs. But that doesn't mean he should automatically be in the MVP race every fucking year. The East is a joke. And LeBron's team is stacked. So yeah, they they can go to the conference finals. That's why LeBron's been in the conference finals so many times. It's not because he's that great. His teams are stacked. The East sucks. Guess what? Coming out of the East is very easy. Hell, the Toronto Raptors couldn't win a fucking game. And they were the top seed in the series against the Cavs. Get the fuck out of here, Toronto. Boston has been doing what Boston does. They've not lost the playoff game at home. And that's without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, their two best players. So all they need to do is win at home. And they've beaten the Cavs. But tonight, I guarantee you, Cleveland's going to win at home. Blah, blah, blah. LeBron's going to go off. You know, J.R. Smith's going to have like five or six threes. Ooh, la, la. Great. Oh, they'll be down 2-1. Ooh. Ooh. Hold the phone. You know, it's exciting. Ooh. No, LeBron is not the greatest of all time. Because guess what? In his, when Jordan was 34... And that was his last year with the with the with the Bulls. The fucker had scoring title. And like I said, he was all NBA defensive team. And MVP of the finals and won the ring. So yeah, um, LeBron, no. If you had to ask me who the MVP was this year, I would give it to James Harden, who took his Rockets to the number one seed and led the league in actual scoring. LeBron, if you look at this year or last year, was not leading the league in any category. Rebounds, steals, scoring. No, he does not. Oh, but he does more the he averages a triple double. Uh no, he has a triple double here and there. Yes, because he likes to hog the glory. It's not like he is the better rebounder. He just likes to be everywhere and control everything. That yeah, he gets rebounds. And obviously he has assists because, heaven forbid, the point guard of the team does his job. Even though you have a plethora of point guards that can clearly run the offense. And that's LeBron's Achilles heel. He won, He's the Peyton Manning of basketball. Peyton Manning as a quarterback is not the greatest of all time. Because he knows too much about the game and how to run the offense that the coach is, doesn't matter. The offensive coordinator doesn't matter. But the problem is, because Peyton Manning cannot scramble, and if he faces something new, that's where the coach should step in and help out. See, if if, Le- if LeBron had Phil Jackson, oh, then yeah. But because LeBron's too cocky and arrogant and thinks he can do everything, running the offense basically goes through LeBron. And that's why Kyrie left. Interesting how, you know, LeBron, the greatest of all time, yet Kyrie didn't want to play with him anymore, want to be his own guy. Oh, 
he gets Isaiah Thomas, Derek Rose, and D Wade, all his buddies. Uh, but the moment they're useless, he sends them away on a trade. Interesting how Dwayne Wade had excellent playoff games this year for Miami after he left Cleveland. And he was deemed useless in Cleveland by LeBron. And hence why he was sent home to Miami. Um, interesting how Isaiah Thomas was not doing what he was supposed to be doing and got sent away to L.A. But yet in L.A. he was dropping 20 points left and right. Hmm. Interesting. Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr., both great Laker players who are doing a good job for the Lakers. Oh, but what are they doing in Cleveland? Larry, Larry Nance Jr. doesn't even play. And Jordan Clarkson doesn't do squat. Because he barely gets the ball. Interesting. Interesting how this all works out. Hmm. Oh. Rodney Hood. Excellent player in Utah. Excellent contributor. Doesn't even play off the bench for Cleveland. Hmm. Interesting. That is very, very interesting. Derek Rose. The moment he left, had some decent games. Oh, but he also was useless in Cleveland. Hmm. Interessante. So LeBron is supposed to make you better player, but... All these people playing around him are not doing the same kind of role or being as good as they were before. That doesn't mean they're useless. That means that they're being poorly used. Why? Because LeBron is not what he is, okay? Michael Jordan made players around him better. Michael Jordan, when he left for two years, the Bulls did not win the championship. Yes, the Bulls made the playoffs, but they lost. Scotty P was not an NBA All-Star. So, yeah, Dennis Rodman was not an NBA All-Star. Yeah. Those people became Hall of Famers because they played with Jordan. And Jordan's big knock is, oh, well, he, he got swept in the first rounds of the, of, of the playoffs. For three years in a row, he had no help. Jordan didn't have anybody averaging 20 points in any playoff series until he got Pippen. LeBron has always had at least somebody else averaging 15 to 20 points a game. Go check the stats if you don't believe me. Same thing with Kobe. The other day... I was like, you know what? LeBron, oh, is, he's being more clutch? Get the fuck out of here. I literally had Joel message me saying, are you watching the game? Game two against Boston. I'm like, okay, yeah. No, not right now. I'm, I'm going to start watching here in a second. Oh, LeBron's clutch in the first quarter. It's the first fucking quarter. Being clutch in the first quarter, it's an oxymoron. You can't. It's not the end of the game. Oh, and by the end of the game, guess what? Last two five, five to two minutes, he wasn't even playing because they were already behind by so much. He was still on his ass on the bench. I can count LeBron's clutch shots 
over the last decade in basically my two hands. The other day, I literally came across, and you know how YouTube pulls up these videos that, you, you know, something that you may like? They had a video of, like, Kobe's clutch moments, and I clicked on it. There was literally one game against the Kings. I forget what year it was, but he was still wearing his number 24. So it was at least 2008 till he retired. It was, of course, a regular season game, but they were down by 14 points with five minutes left. Kobe hit four straight threes, contested difficult threes, to bring it within two. That is called being clutch, and that is called taking over a game. I've never seen, I've never seen LeBron do that. And then I'm tired of everybody sharing that idiot Nick Wright and his uh, quote saying, "Tell me what Michael Jordan does better than LeBron without using the word six rings, and then we can talk." Uh, let's see. I'll give you a list. Uh, better jump shooter, better clutch shooter, better defender, more steals, um, makes his teammates better, uh, better, if we want to pull stuff out of our hat, better golfer, better franchise owner, um, better gambler if you want to joke around, better Olympian, uh, let's see, uh, more you know, better at beating the Warriors in the playoffs. Hmm, interesting. What else we got here? That, that's that's ten off the top of my head. Um, better averages, better points, more scoring titles, more MVP trophies. Yeah, the list can go on and on. Classier player. Yeah. Better at taking over the game. I can give you a list of 10 to 20 things about using the word six titles. Which, guess what? He has six titles. Undefeated in the finals. Yeah, that should be another one. Carrying his team better. Yeah. Fucking idiots. But, I don't know why. We like to think that LeBron has never had help. Uh, but anyways, in the in the um, in the West, the real number one seed, the Golden State Warriors, who entered the playoffs as the two seed after the regular season, are tied one to one with the Houston Rockets, who ended up being the one seed. Yeah, it took the Warriors one game in Houston to reclaim home court. And then they got blown out in game two. Okay, great. Woo, we all knew that was going to happen. Because if Houston lost both games, guess what? Their season's over. Now we're going to go back to Golden State. And Golden State is going to probably hold home court. And then Houston's going to have to fight for their ass again. But that series is very good and always merits watching. Because I was watching game two yesterday, yesterday night. Even being down 12 to 16 points the majority of the game, hitting three threes in a row would just change that. And you know the Warriors can do that. That's why you have to watch them play. I, and that's why I love watching Curry, Durant play. Because to me, 
even nowadays, LeBron is not even the best player on the court or in the NBA. Curry, Durant, Harden, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook's averaging triple-doubles for two straight years. Yeah, LeBron's never done it in his career. And you want to talk about GOAT? No. I'll put any of those in the GOAT conversation ahead of LeBron any day of the week. Fuck, Curry has two titles. Wins this year, he has three. That's already a better average than LeBron. And that's not counting Wilt, Kareem, Magic, Kobe, Jordan, Bird, Bill Russell, Tim Duncan, Shaq. Yeah, no. LeBron's not even in the top 10. Barely cracks the top 20 of greatest players of all time. Not even the best best player at his position at the power forward, which is what he's supposed to be playing. So get the fuck out of here again with this conversation. I'm tired of having to repeat myself about that, okay? Watch the playoffs and just shut up. He's not the greatest of all time. He's not even close. Look at the stats. Listen to my podcast that I've mentioned with the episodes. Hell, listen to Undisputed with Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith on first take, and they'll analyze it for you. But I'm sure you're peons and don't want to listen to reason. Because if, if you're not listening for me, you're not going to listen for them too. But anyways, enough is enough. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. As always, we're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. All the episodes are there. Subscribe, comment, review. If you have any questions or concerns, hit us up on Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, text message, YouTube, everything. You know the social media outlets to communicate with. And as always, whether it's a Mexican, there's always a way. Until next time, my friends, have a great rest of your day.